hidden treasures of the 119th Psalm. This verse today on hidden treasures is just really one of the big treasures. <laughs> like I say every day, I am so excited about this verse. And this verse gives me personally a huge amount of encouragement. I just one of the best I could have uh, in the things that really concern me in my world. So the 38th verse, which if we're following along in the, you know, 119th Psalm is in the hay section, meaning, you know, beautifully, this is the expression of God's mouth. And, and King David is praying these anointings over this particular letter. And, and so the sixth anointing of the Holy Spirit in Isaiah 11 is the fear of the Lord. And so this one clearly lines up all that well with the fear of the Lord is this verse, if you read it in English, establish thy word unto thy servant who is devoted to thy fear. And oh my goodness, um, is there a treasure in this particular verse? So like all the, it seems like King David was such a student of the word that is he usually loaded up these first words to tell you kind of where in the Bible he is getting the information that he's getting. So in in this case, when he says establish or establish, depending on how you want to say that, in the King James Version, <laughs> that word, the first time that you see it is when Cain raises up to his brother in the field. In other words, the idea of establish is to be raised up or to raise up. And then, interestingly, it's used time and time again to talk about the covenant that, um, you know, that God would establish with Abraham, that God would establish. And again, they use this very word of establishing covenants. And so here he's, he's not only asking for God to raise up, but he's asking for that kind of promise, a covenant promise um, of the word. And, and here he uses the word amira. He doesn't use the bar like we use quite often in this, it, it, from the Hebrew standpoint. Amira is an aleph and a mem and a resh, which is essentially the three letters, which would be God the Father, God the Son, and the Messiah. And then the resh is often the Holy Spirit. So it's kind of like, and all that expressed. And, and so it literally is God expressing himself. And the word that, that King David undoubtedly would have been excited about that he wanted established was the one where he would talk about what his kids would be, right? Eventually his child would be the Messiah. And so that would mean that his kids would have this holy line to them. And I don't know about you, but it's one of those things I really am praying every single day that God would establish, right, his word unto thy servant. And, and then he gives us a real treasure in that he's giving us sort of a commentary on the Bible every time. So he says, unto thy servant who is devoted to thy fear. And here I don't want you to miss something that is really the nugget in the verse. Okay? King David is telling us that there is a connection between the fear of the Lord and God's handling of your family. So if you look in Deuteronomy 4.10, or if you look you know, interestingly, he taught this psalm, obviously, to his son, Solomon, who uh, in Proverbs 14, 26, says, in the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. Right? 
you see that that Solomon understood because King David had showed him what it was said in Deuteronomy, you know, four ten. And so, and there's several places that that later on speak to this same connection. But here's the connection, okay, <laughs> for me, as I think about wow, what if I look in my own life, what is one of my biggest concerns? And that is my my children would walk the, with the Lord. I mean, it just is. And, and so here's a promise that if that if I will be devoted to thy fear, that he's going to establish his covenant with me, these promises that, that we're talking about, these very verses. So interestingly, the way this plays out, and I wanted to give you a story along these lines that I saw happen in real life. So before I was a Christian, actually, my wife, Tammy, insisted that I go to church and and you know, I was a car salesman and my day off was Sunday. So this wasn't a great idea in my book, but nonetheless, I wanted to marry her. She was beautiful. <laughs> just a wonderful girl. And, and I'm like, okay, I'll go to church. And the very first time I went to church, I went to First Presbyterian Church, Presbyterian Church in Greensboro. And Dr. Redhead was speaking. And I can't tell you a single sermon that anybody preached probably for the next three years, but I do know what he said that very first time was made all kinds of sense to me and impacted my life greatly and it's certainly along these lines was he said that you have two ears and you have one mouth and so when you pray listen twice as much as you talk (laughs) in other words do the math you got two ears why do you think god gave you that and the idea actually that this prayer that he kind of taught us was this um just perceive that jesus is there wanting to say something and just listen just listen. In other words, if, if you don't think that, like John Eldridge said in an interview that I did once with him, that try it with your wife if you think that you can just talk and never listen, okay? It doesn't work out too good in any relationship. And, and so it's a beautiful thing when you listen. So he, he had said that, and then he said, you know, if you're really in a situation, just stop and, and try to listen for God because he's very aware of what's going on. Well, I thought that was really cool. I thought it was brilliant, but I didn't use it for a long time until one day my son ran away from school. Um, Leslie, he was eight years old. He was supposed to have gotten off the bus that day. He did get off the bus, but after that he disappeared. Nobody knew where he went. And so that particular day, you know, my wife called me. It was like 4 o'clock. We don't know where Leslie is. We don't see where he got off the bus. You know, we went and talked to the neighbors. Yeah, he got off the bus, but then he ran for it. And we couldn't find him. And so we began to search all over Greensboro, where we lived at the time. I mean, we drove up and down this street, and you begin this frantic, frantic search. Well, by 7 o'clock, we were fairly terrified. We called the police and said, you know, we're missing our son. And they're like, you might imagine, well, we can't do anything you know, until he's missing 24 hours, we'll put it down that he's missing, but, you know, and there wasn't a lot of hope with the police, and so we kept driving, we kept looking. Well, by midnight, we'd driven everywhere we knew to drive, think about all the we can think, we drove home, and I was just terrified. And I'd run out of answers on my own, and so the only thing I knew to do was to this crazy prayer. I'm, I, I never really had prayed <coughs> believing God would talk to me or never had this experience until this particular night when I was totally desperate. And so I went in the bedroom by myself. I just sat there, put myself in that position to listen. And that's all I was going to do. I just, God, you know what's going on? What do you say? 
And after really about 20 minutes of just trying to settle down and hear God's voice, I heard in my heart very clearly, Robbie, I got this. It's all going to be okay. So you can imagine, <laughs> it's kind of comical, really, me walking out of the living room, my wife sitting there, and me being the heathen that I was, car salesman, not even a Christian at that point, I can assure you, <clears throat> and telling Tammy, I just talked to God, and he told me he has this. <laughs> she looked at me like, you talked to God? I said, yeah. And he told me he's got this. It's all going to be all right. Well, sure enough, he established his word. <laughs> because that night, I, I got scared, and I got a little bit devoted to this fear. And not seven or eight minutes after I had that discussion with my wife, there was a police car pulled up in the driveway. And... Um, Leslie was in the back seat. The policeman said, boy, I, you know, this is really something because, you know, just a few minutes ago, I was driving down Lee Street, which is no place you would want an eight-year-old child to be in Greensboro, North Carolina that year uh, by themselves. I was driving down Lee Street, and I saw this little boy getting in a car with some people. I thought, yeah, that doesn't look right. He shouldn't be getting in that car. So I stopped him and checked, and this little boy turned out to be Leslie. And I said, well, how long ago was that? <laughs> he said, well, oh, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes ago. And I thought, oh, my goodness, it just lined up exactly with my prayer. And it, it, it was just like, and I, it, he made such an impression, as you quite might imagine on me, that I've, I've never forgotten that. And, and I want you to think with me, as I recalled it, this story this morning, I thought, you know what? Leslie was lost. He was lost. And he got found, Right. And so I don't know where you are with your kids, um, but I know this this promise here in this particular psalm is establish thy word unto thy servant who is devoted to thy fear. In other words, I know my end of this deal is to be devoted <laughs> to your fear. And his end of the deal is to establish his word. And I know the confidence that I walked out that night like I knew that God had it. And I'm hoping that you can pray with me today that I know that, that we can all have that faith to know that God has our kids because we're devoted to his fear. I hope that encourages you today as we continue to dig in the 119th Psalm.